What's up, boys and girls? In this episode, we're talking about something that I think is really important. It's the three ways to go on offense. If you're liking this content and you like this episode, please give it a five stars wherever you're listening to it. And if you're serious about going on offense, find me on LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter, wherever you found about this podcast. And send me a DM that says offense, and I'll send you the info on the ways that we can work together to help you go on offense. Peace. Oh, yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of, depending on where you're seeing this, podcast or YouTube, whatever. Today, I want to talk about the ways that you can start playing offense. I think this is really important if you're at a job that you don't like or you're in a situation that you don't like. A lot of people spend most of their lives playing defense, trying to think about cutting costs, getting their expenses down, paying down debts, and all that stuff has a place. I think that's fine. But I don't think that you ever get to where you really want to be. You don't ever get rich. You don't ever create real wealth unless you focus on learning how to play offense. Um, And I like the sports metaphor because it helps uh, if you're down 20 points in the fourth quarter. Like There's just some things that you have to do in order to start putting points on the scoreboard. And so I want to try to help bring that into a life context and some ways that you could start playing offense, putting points on the scoreboard, which is basically increasing your income, focus on making more money, not spending less money. And how you do that in the context that I'm, the people that I'm talking to right now are people that are in a job, lawyers, doctors, professionals are a lot of times the people that play the most defense because you've been trained to play defense your entire life, go to school play the safe path, do everything that you need to do right. That's the story that you're told all growing up. And then you get to the point where you're at your job and you're doing something that you've been trained and you've paid a lot of money to do, but you hate it, but you feel completely pinned. You don't know how to change the narrative for yourself. Uh, You feel like everyone on the outside thinks that you're completely successful. Um, You're doing something, society has said, Society has said that you've won, but for some reason you feel completely trapped. And the only way to get out of that is by playing offense. So there are three basically offensive playbooks that you can play by while you're at a job and you don't have the time to um, figure everything out on your own. So here are the three playbooks. There are three things that you can do. If you're in a job that you don't like, here's how you get out. The first playbook is to be the entrepreneur. The entrepreneur is not that capital intensive. It is very time intensive. If you're the entrepreneur, you're going to be the one that has to uh, bring time to the table. And it's usually low to middle expertise intensive. So you don't have to know a ton. Um, It is time intensive though. So if you're in a job where you're working 80 or 90 hours a week right now, and you feel like you have commitments to a wife, a family, uh, a really uh, burdensome boss, uh, being the entrepreneur is harder to do, but it's still completely possible. There's tons of ways that you can, um, start your entrepreneurial path without a lot of money. A lot of times, uh, people that I talk to use the money thing and the risk thing as a reason not to do it. They say, Oh, I'm too risk averse. I'm too scared. What if it doesn't work out for me? And 
you can start internet businesses, you can start Shopify stores, you can start the learning path of being an entrepreneur while you're still at a job. And I wish that I had spent more time doing that instead of quitting the way that I did and just jumping off of a cliff and trying to figure out how to build a parachute on the way down. Um, and one of the best things I think you can do if you want to be an entrepreneur and you have time is start looking at businesses that are for sale. So if you're a doctor and you think that you want to open up, do something entrepreneurial in the medical space, or we'll just take the medical space scenario, and you think you want to open up your own clinic, the best way to, to start doing research on that is by looking at clinics that are for sale, seeing how much revenue they do, seeing how much profit they actually make, and start getting an understanding of what that business looks like from a revenue and a profitability standpoint. And that'll get you uh, a long way. Also looking at what their expenses are. If they're spending a lot on marketing, if they're not spending a lot on marketing, you can start getting an idea of what are the other skills that you need to bring to the table before you start a business like that. Um, and I'll do a link in the, in the notes to some, some websites that you can start looking at to start getting an idea of what businesses are for sale. And that's the best way to start getting your feet wet from an entrepreneurial standpoint before you pull the trigger on something um, is looking at businesses that are for sale. The second thing that you can do, so that's the entrepreneurial playbook. It's time intensive. The second thing that you can do that's not as time intensive is to be a capitalist, to be an investor instead of being an entrepreneur. So when you're the investor in a venture, you're bringing money to the table and a little bit of expertise, but not a lot of time. Um, being an investor makes a lot of sense if you don't really hate your job where it stands currently, but you can kind of see down the road that in the future, you know that it may not be something that you want to do for the rest of your life. Um, being an investor has a, has a payoff that isn't going to be immediate like being an entrepreneur can be. Um, it won't get you out of your job immediately, but three, four years down the road, you can build that second stream of income and um, start start moving on um, having some of your income that you can control. And ways that you can start being an investor is instead of looking at businesses for sale and talking to businesses that are for sale, um, you can start talking to businesses that are doing well. I'm always looking on the Inc. 5000 list in my local area from a couple years ago. What are some businesses that used to be hot three or four years ago that maybe I can join from an investor standpoint, bring them some money to the table and kind of ride on their coattails. Another way to be an investor is an easy way to be an investor. If you're, if you have pretty stable income is by doing real estate deals, meeting new people in the real estate space um, to where they do all the work on the real estate deal, you're bringing money to the table and you should be making about a 20% return if you're bringing your cash to the table and they're doing all the work. So you can do, you can do better. What, the way that is the wrong way to be an investor is to hire a financial advisor, put your money in a mutual fund, put your money in the stock market, because if you don't like your job, you're not learning new skills by just being in a mutual fund space. You need to start meeting new people, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations and pushing yourself harder than you have been to expand your social circle, expand your circle of influence, expand your circle of competence in terms of what you're doing on a daily basis and who you're interacting with. And 
if you just hire a financial advisor who's getting paid three or four percent off of your portfolio, it's not it's not the same experience as you saying, I have 50 grand in my bank that I'm going to deploy. Let me go, let me use that 50 grand as a ticket to get into spaces that I've never been able to get into, meet people that are looking for money, that are doing badass things, that are trying to move the ball forward, because those are the people that I want to be with. You getting a mutual, uh, an advisor at Franklin Templeton isn't going to get you there and isn't going to help you start to play offense. So that's the uh, investor, the investor capitalist part. The third way to do it is to be an advisor. Being an advisor is uh, usually low capital, medium time intensive, and medium to high competence. You have to kind of bring something to the table from a business standpoint to be able to advise people on stuff. Um, so this is for people that have been in a profession or in a job or bring some expertise to the table. They've done it for three or four years. This isn't something that you can really do right out the gate. The one counter to that where you can do it is if you do it in the charitable sense. If you, if you join charity foundations, a lot of times they'll have you on as an advisor. Really, you're doing fundraising for them, but it at least gets you to meet new people that are in the business world trying to grow. Um, and so as an advisor, you if you were a lawyer that's done um, mergers and acquisitions or litigation or whatever, it would be it would be starting to post content on social platforms about what you are really good at and uh, proactively doing outreach to businesses where part of their main business is doing the thing that you have competence in. So when I owned an entertainment business, there was a sales guy that did sales in his normal job. He reached out and said, hey, I see that y'all have an outgoing sales function let me try to take over the outgoing sales function for y'all's entertainment business. And whatever I bring to the table from an outgoing sales standpoint, if I can make 15%, then, you know, we'll have a good deal. We keep 85%. He kept 15%. He got in with us. Um, we came close to doing other deals outside of the thing that he originally had, you know, hit us up to do. Um, things didn't work out the way that we had kind of planned, but he came in basically trying to bring his sales expertise to our business. And um, I still know the guy really well. He's a buddy of mine. Um, and he did that just by outreach, outreach to a small business, which I was, and uh, doing it from an advisor standpoint and bringing value to the table that we didn't really have. So. You have entrepreneur, you have uh, capitalist slash uh, investor, and then you have the advisor role. Those are the three ways that you can start playing offense, no matter how time intensive your job is, no matter how much capital you have, one of those three buckets is something that you can do now. And the way that you kind of pick which one you should do, whether you want to be an entrepreneur, an investor, or an advisor, is pick two weeks and say, these two weeks I'm gonna put the entrepreneur hat on. I'm gonna think about ideas that I can start for less than a thousand bucks. I'm gonna to talk to some businesses that are for sale. I'm gonna start getting my head around, you know, if I needed to make, if I needed to make an extra thousand dollars a month on a business that I started for less than a thousand bucks, how would I do that? And if that just doesn't jive with you at all, if you're just completely pinned by your job, then 
move on to the investor hat and say, okay, what would I do if I had to deploy 25 grand in the next month and needed to turn it into 150 grand over the next three or four years? Or who can I reach out to and you know build a relationship with and bring some advice to the table and figure out how to get compensated to that as I bring value to these guys that need the competency that I have. Those are three ways. But the whole context is you have to learn how to play offense. You can't just cost cut your way to wealth. You can't cost cut your way out of your job. That, that pushes the ball out so far based on student loans and just life happens. You have kids, your significant other wants to upgrade lifestyle. All that stuff happens. And uh, cost cutting is just a short term mechanism to adjust things. It's not the long term way to build freedom and to have total control over what you want. And so start learning and start thinking about how can I get aggressive, even in this position that I'm at, that I have where I feel like I don't control a lot of my day for um, 50 to 60 hours a week and start thinking about how you can push the pedal and uh, get aggressive in an offensive mode. And if, and the common theme behind all of these is that they require you to get outside of your comfort zone, to meet new people and to do things that you haven't done before. And after we've all gone to school and we get into our job, we get into this place where we feel like we shouldn't have to be uncomfortable anymore. We shouldn't have to do things that we don't like. We shouldn't have to meet and greet. We shouldn't have to network. We kind of have our own sphere. We have our own friends that we're comfortable with. And that's fine if you don't want to grow and you don't want to change anything. But when you are really unhappy in the thing that you're doing, you have to figure out a way to change things and change requires discomfort and it requires you to do things that you haven't done before. So start thinking about that. Let me know uh, what you think in the comments. Smash the like button, subscribe on audio. Uh, we're gonna have to edit all of this stuff depending on where it's at. And that's all I got for you. Peace.